Welcome to They That Hope with Father Dave and Deacon Bob, seeing humor and hope in a crazy world. And I'm Deacon Bob. And you know who I am. We all know who you are. You're the reason we come to the show. In fact, we got an email from a listener who was searching your name and Uh-oh. came across the show because uh, I guess one of our episodes was Father Dave Pavanka and Companion. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> and that's how she got hooked on the show. So That's funny. Uh, that, th- thanks for that email. So where and, am uh, I? Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. Well, I think... Actually, maybe you I, know where I am. Well, I think I do. Are you in, are you in Scotland? I'm in are you Scotland, still in Scotland? Maybe. You got to know where I am in Scotland, though. If it isn't Scottish, it's crap. Um, Edinburgh? No. Glasgow? How many how many towns in Scotland do you know? I know Edinburgh and Glasgow. <laughs> and Loch <laughs> and Loch Ness. That's what I figured. Yeah, I'm, but are you I'm in, in, I'm in Scotland. Just arrived this afternoon. Yeah. Okay, but where which one are you? Are you in Glasgow? Is it uh, Glasgow? Yeah, in, in Glasgow, yep. Okay, yeah. very cool. We just I think I went to afternoon. Glasgow. I saw a, a Celtics game there. That that's soccer, by the way. Oh, not, I was not to be say. confused with Boston. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit about kind of the travels, but uh, yeah, I'm in Scotland. I've been here about um, about a week now with the pilgrimage. Okay. It's been really beautiful. I actually, I'm really looking forward to talking to some of the kind of the moving parts of it. But you know who who actually joined me? I invited them to do music for me. Um, Heather Kim. Yes. Ring ring a bell. No. No. Okay. Well, None whatsoever. Yeah, I'd like to introduce you to her someday. Um, but okay. we've had. A, We've had a great pilgrimage. It's been it's been a real blessing. Is she yeah. doing the music for you? She is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, very cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. So she's a she's a woman of many talents. She is. Yeah, she's very actually she's very she's very gifted. Obviously, abiding together, and it's been it's been a lot. Of fun. Yeah, yeah. And we love yeah. we love Heather. That's great. Yeah. I, yeah but well, I, I have I she's one of the few people I follow on Instagram, and so I actually have seen some pictures of her in Scotland. Was she okay. there beforehand? It seems like no. she's been there for a while. No, we've been here for a while. Okay, but I am totally out of it. Like, as far as I know, the United States is closed down and it no longer exists. Like, <laughs> well, thankfully, that is not the case. Oh, here, good. let me update you on some exciting sports things that Thank has you. happened over Thank the past you. two Thank weeks. Uh, where you. we last left off, uh, the South Florida teams were fighting for their lives, and it and? wasn't much of a fight. Uh, the Florida Panthers fell to the Las Vegas Golden Knights, uh, four to one in their series well, on the ice. To the, what the Nuggets was, and it's the exact same story with the Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat. Uh, the Denver Nuggets are crowned NBA champions. Of course, the Joker uh, was crowned the MVP of the NBA Finals. Speaking of NBA, uh, and then even since then, we've had the NBA draft, and the big buzz of the NBA draft is Victor Wembanyama. A seven foot four, 19 year old Frenchman uh, who is is a beast. I mean, he's not only really tall, seven foot four is just a stupidly tall thing, but there's been tall people in the NBA before. Uh, he's been playing in the French league. I mean, he just, he's an amazing shooter. Uh, you know, he dropped he, he three point shots, uh, free throw shots under the basket. So who's who's going to get him? Uh, the San, San Antonio Spurs got him. Uh, oh, they they did, did it okay. just the other day. They were the first pick in the draft. And everyone's actually saying it's a really good culture for him to be a part of. Um, so uh, we'll we'll see what happens. But okay. he is uh, he's an amazing all-star. Talked, have we talked since I was in Denver? 
You were in Denver since when we last talked. No, no, we haven't talked since then. Okay, so I was in Denver, uh, which I was able to interview Father Jacques Philippe for right. the we talked about season, that, which was beautiful. So yeah. we talked about me getting a hat, a Denver Nugget hat, because they've been my favorite team yes. since I was a little boy. Okay, <laughs> I think you were wearing the hat uh, okay. when we when we did the podcast. But Perhaps. for those of you watching, uh, you can notice I'm wearing a very special shirt. Is it? Um, it is so special. It's gonna it. It, it might be worth just at least briefly looking at the podcast on video. Uh, this will frighten your dreams. Uh, so we uh, we also, right after our podcast, we went into the Priest Deacon Seminarians Conference, and we have uh, one of our beloved priests, Father Frank Black from Brooklyn, just New York. Just a great priest. Always wears Hawaiian shirts. That's just, just kind of his. On No, actually, he just always wears Hawaiian shirts. Yeah, that's true. We all wear Hawaiian shirts on, on Thursday, Thursday to honor Thursday, him, but he true. always wears Hawaiian shirts. So he somehow decided to make Hawaiian shirts, and it's a pattern of flowers and your face, but it's just, it's like just enough not your face. Like, it looks like, it looks like kind of how the Polar Express tried to make it look like Tom Hanks. Like, it's just subtly not you but it still is say, you can i just say there was a time when this photo really bothered me it was i don't know it got photoshopped and photo sprayed and all that kind of thing so it's online and i remember actually it was one of the first things i did at the university somebody used that picture is like you know father davis the president of the university and it made me mad and now it's kind of like okay it's just a picture but when i look out i guess it was thursday morning and there were several people wearing this shirt with my face on it it bothered me all over um, it like it just yeah, you have to imagine like just, flowers with his face there's probably about 30 i mean oh just this gosh. whole tapestry of yes, tapestry th this tapestry of pavanka it's uh it's frightening and beautiful at the same time it is frightening and beautiful the priest yeah. in seminary um i know you were only able to join us for two nights but it was a yeah. beautiful it was, it was really, really beautiful, awesome. beautiful. Yeah, done in the chapel. Be. It was a it was a glorious, glorious gathering. So yeah, our catch love me up to again. I haven't even I haven't even checked on the baseball. Where are we in the baseballs? Are, you know the divisions. Who's leading us? Yeah, stuff? yeah. We yeah. only have about three hundred and forty-two games left to go in the okay. season. Okay. I think yeah. most of those will be played this month. Um, okay. Actually, one really crazy story: the Angels, which I guess are in Anaheim. Does that yes. sound right? Yeah. Um, they won a game 25, 25 to, one. to 1. Yeah, I saw that this morning. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like 22 points in the first two, four innings or something stupid. It 22 was points? Uh, 22 points. Is that what it was? I guess is it a point? Isn't it a no, point? No. It's, it's a run? Yes. What is Rob, it? Rob, it's a run. That's the score of a football game. I mean, yeah. that's just getting ridiculous. No, I saw point. that. I saw that when I got up this morning. Um, yeah, I saw a little a notification on the score. I said, that's unbelievable. I think they scored like 13 runs in one inning and then eight runs yeah. in the next. And it's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's yeah. That. I mean, that actually sounds like it's almost exciting. Yeah, that's oh, probably. I don't know where it was. If it was a home game, actually, we're going to the California people. We're going out to an Angels game in a couple of weeks, so we'd love to have. Oh, you fantastic! Oh, that'd but, be really, really cool. Yeah. So what we're watching here, Bob, is cricket. Oh, do you understand it at all? Not at all. No, Not and and when all. I was in England, I was trying to get people to explain it to me, and even like cricket fans were like, we, "They just can't explain it." It doesn't like matter. It's, just, yeah, you're it, never gonna it, like it. Anyway. It's absolutely crazy. Though I guess yeah. there's some version of cricket which is a lot shorter. 
It sounds like kind of maybe banana ball without the dancing um, that they've done to cricket. You You're probably right. And it's become quite popular. With wickets? Yes, sticky wicket. It's a sticky wicket. Yes, yes, indeed. Indeed, indeed, indeed. One so. last sports news, because I know you don't want to skip over soccer. Uh, but also mm -hmm. while you were gone, the U.S. men's national team won the CONCACAF championship, oh, uh, really? which was real. They beat, after beating Mexico in a rousing three to nothing win, uh, they beat Canada, sorry, Canadians, uh, one to nothing uh, in Las Vegas. Everything's happening in Vegas for some reason. And okay, uh, three to it was a great, it was a, is a big, it was a big deal. That's a big deal. Yeah. Mexican team has been struggling quite a bit, but to have a dominant performance against Mexico. And even though we won only by one goal in Canada, uh, against Canada rather, uh, it was a strong win. Many people were saying that this is a great look for United States. We have some good young players. We just got actually somebody uh, who could have been on the Italian team, but then he committed to the U.S. team. He's a really good striker. So uh, exciting things ahead for U.S. men's soccer. And but I believe with that, it no, concludes. No, 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 of course not. Women, Oklahoma, and softball. Let's not forget college. Yep. Talk about that a little bit. Well, only, okay, a couple of things. First off, the women, uh, Oklahoma beat, I'm not sure who they played, Florida? No, LSU's playing Florida. Florida State, I believe. And first off, they're a powerhouse. The women's Oklahoma team is a powerhouse. I mean, they've won like three or four out of the last This five. is softball, it's right? Softball, right. Okay. But they also, if you haven't seen it, people, if you haven't seen it, Google Oklahoma girls softball. Have you seen it, Bob? Or have you just heard about it? I I mean, just from you, actually. And and we got okay. an email from somebody saying, could you talk about this? So It is. Yeah. I mean, these these gals give glory to the Lord like nobody's business. I mean, oh, really? It's really, I mean, for, especially for a state school, Bob. I mean, yeah. they hold, and, and they all talk about the coach, and the coaches set the tone. And and the fact that, again, it's Oklahoma, you never hear something like that from California school. But it was just, I mean, I, I hate to say that, but I just think so many of the California schools are not, not open to that. It was gorgeous. So if you have nothing else to do, go on YouTube, Google Oklahoma softball women's, and they just give witness to the Lord. It's really beautiful. Oh, praise God. Well, that is actually a wonderful way to end our sports section Amen. and begin our Franciscan University promo. Can't wait. What is it today, Bobby? Wait, wait we're letting the music play in the background. Okay. Now? No, wait. Now. Wait. Wait. Now. 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 Extra, extra, read all about it. The summer issue of Franciscan Magazine is now available online. Be sure to check out our cover story, which talks about why and how Franciscan University is creating a culture of personal vocation throughout campus. You can also read more about our recent graduates, see how the new Steubenville Parish missions are transforming parish life, and get travel tips just in time for your summer vacation. To read the latest Franciscan magazine online, visit magazine.franciscan.edu. That's magazine.franciscan.edu. Okay, let me just throw this out to you. I did an op-ed piece that Newsweek picked up on Friday. My guess is if you just Google my name and Newsweek, you'd find it. But it's one year after the Dobbs case. And mm -hmm. what, what I talk about is, A, obviously, we're, everybody's excited about Dobbs case being over overturning RV Wade. But also, I mean, the work has just begun. So many yeah. states this coming up election are going to be voting. Ohio is one of them. We're going to be voting the possibility of a constitutional amendment 
protecting life and the dignity of life. So I'm just it's really an invitation to people to not give up. Just because R. V. Wade was overturned, it doesn't mean the battle's over. So if you just Google myself, Newsweek, my guess is you'd be able to find the op ed piece. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And praise God. Yeah, let's keep that in prayer and and in activity. You're right. I mean, you know, for so many years our only political activity that we could do is really like show up at things like the March for Life, you know, right, because right. it was just a Supreme Court decision and that was it. And right. obviously voting for politicians that might eventually get uh, more conservative justices onto the well, Supreme and, and Court. The fact is, but now well, the real work is beginning. You're right. Yeah, but the fact is, is that paid off, you know, right. as we elected officials that brought about change and that paid off. And now we need to do that on the local level. Yeah, we got to keep fighting yeah. and keep praying. So amen cool. to that. All right, so that. I'm in Scotland, which we mentioned, but I started off, I went to, uh, to uh, Assisi, you know, I was okay. in Assisi for a long weekend. I joined a sister, Rachel Capitz, who's a Dominican sister, and Father Nathan Malavolti. And they were oh. doing, uh, it was really cool, They were, we collaborated on a retreat for educators. And we went hmm. to Franciscan places and Dominican places, so I joined them in Assisi and did a retreat for them. And it was just you know, wow. first off, to be with the, most of them are elementary school teachers, and okay, I mean, are these mostly from the states or? Yeah, yeah, exactly, right, right, okay. right. So they came from the states. I think most of them, not all of them, but most of them were at schools that Dominican sisters are at, and we just we we talked about what does it mean, you know, to be an educator in a Franciscan tradition. So I talked about. Mm. You know, first off, the humility of God that Francis really speaks of, but the crib, the cross, and the Eucharist, and how does that infiltrate education? But it's it's just always good to be. How you've been to Assisi? Please tell me you have. Oh no, I have. I went there yeah. on my honeymoon. Okay, that's right. Um, that's right. And then uh, I've I've been there another time or two, but not enough. I mean, I yeah. I actually the the few days I spent in Assisi was so absolutely wonderful. I look forward to going yeah. back and just spending some time in prayer there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Incredible. So, then, I mean, you, if, for those that haven't been, you really need, you need to go to Assisi. I mean, obviously visiting Rome is an amazing experience, but there's just a peace and a quiet yeah. Yeah. about Assisi. I mean, like you, you feel like you're really back in the time of Francis. I mean, with the, it really the cobblestone it, paths it, it, and exactly. roads and yeah, with Francis. I mean, he's really the other is we uh, visited uh, Blessed Carlo Acutis was hmm. is, is buried there. You know, he's the young Blessed. Um, oh, he's buried in Assisi. In Assisi. I didn't realize right. that. Yeah, he wanted to be buried in Assisi, and that was really moving. Wow. Um, when, when I first went to try to visit. I mean, the, the group I was with, I was able to go at that time. I mean, it was like a 30 or 40 minute wait, which is really kind of beautiful, you know? Mm. And then I was able to go in the evening where there wasn't any wait. And it, it's kind of striking because you see saints and, and incorruptibles. Now he's he's not totally incorruptible, but they put a mask on right. him. But it's yep. just kind of striking to see someone who's 15 years old. I mean, you're used yeah. to seeing these old saints and he's he's a 15 year old with bushy hair and jeans and Nike, t -sh Nike shoes on, but really moving just the his, his story's just beautiful one of the videos if you haven't watched much of it's it's evident that he's going to die and he's i mean he's got this joy about him and this and he always understood death was an encounter with the beloved that ultimately mm -hmm. he was going to meet his beloved so that was that was a really beautiful moment uh, being in CZ. and then i met a group of 28 pilgrims were in scotland and we're going to talk a little bit about this more in the third section but it's been a great, great pilgrimage, a great group of people. It's a beautiful, I mean, Scotland is just, 
stunningly beautiful. Uh, the food is wonderful. The beverages are wonderful. So it's been great. So wait, the food is wonderful? What is Actually, it, like haggis? I, as soon as I said that, I realized that we were probably <laughs> going to talk, talk about haggis. I ate haggis. Bob, you would, you hate would be, it. You'd be offended if they even brought it in the room. What is it? It just sounds it, horrible. It's oats and then ground up liver, heart, and lung of a of, oh my, a, of oh a lamb, goodness. I think. And then what is the and then oats and then some onion and garlic or something like that. That's just not right. Yeah, you would love it, Bob. Was that like prison food? Like, how did that come about? That's a really, I think, well, every, it's like, funny. I'd love to know the up, history of haggis. Well, everybody talks about how frugal the Scottish people are. And maybe that's it. It's like, oh, we could cook. We could make something out of that. <laughs> you know? So no, I've had it twice. It was not the most, it wasn't bad. It was just, I had to get past what it was first. If you sure. wouldn't have told me what it was, that might've been better, but. Probably not though. Probably not. You know, most, there's wonderful things about visiting the UK, but usually people don't come back raving about the cuisine. That's not you, something I often hear. Fish and chips? I, however, love, well, I love the chips, which let's translate for our American audience, French fries. Yeah. Um, I love the, 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 like little potato wedgie things. They just make me very happy. So uh, when I go to England, I, I love that. Eat I French love fries. The, I eat French fries, eat burgers, and I desperately try to find someplace that can, cook me a crispy strip of bacon. Like for crying out loud, how hard can this be? But it's quite a challenge to find over in the UK and in Europe in general. They call it streaky bacon right. in England. And you'll you drink know. Guinness. Bob will drink oh, either, I love Guinness, Guinness. either I love Guinness, Guinness or an Ultra, which I just find hysterical. <laughs> yeah, I'll go to bars and I'll be like, do you have Guinness on tap? And they'll say no and I'll say, cool. How about Michelob Ultra? And they'll go, oh, that that just radically changed. Yeah, uh, yeah. But um uh, Yep, those are kind of my my. Experience. And you did the youth conference. How was it? Oh goodness, it was amazing. Uh, yeah, I got to host a youth conference on campus this weekend uh, with some great friends, mutual friends: Michael Gormley, Lisa Cotter, Father Joe Friedi. Um, we had uh, a little under two thousand teenagers on campus. Uh, great response. The theme this year is refuge. I'm sure we'll talk about it later in the summer as well. Um, but just really trying to connect with. Jesus being our peace and Jesus and specifically the church that he gives us uh, yeah. being a place of refuge for us. John Paul von Arx did the music. Uh, it was really just scripture? a great, what great was the weekend. Scripture we used? So the scripture is Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who labor and oh, are beautiful. burdened, and I will give you rest. And that beautiful. really seemed to resonate. You know, if you... If you're not, if you don't work with young people, um, there is, and it's often documented, this mental health crisis that goes on with young people. Their anxiety is absolutely through the roof, and so we really felt as we were praying about it that the message the Lord wanted to say is, "What yoke are you carrying?" You know, a lot of the yokes that the world gives us just digs us right into the ground, mm -hmm. but the yoke of Christ is easy, and His burden is light. I love something that. Uh, Michael Gormley talked about in one of his keynotes, he's like, you know, it's either the yoke of the world or the yoke of Christ. There's no third option of no yoke at all, <laughs> which is what we yeah. seem to want, you know, like, can I just not do the yoke thing? Um, but it's really the question of who are we going to shoulder the burden of our life with? And mm. is it going to be the way the world says it, which is a slave to consumerism, to money, uh, to our own success, or is it the easy and light 
yoke that Jesus offers us, where he is beside us and he's walking with us. And um, that's just the beautiful thing about the message of Jesus, you know, and, and I think particularly in our Catholic faith, a really good perspective. You know, it's not the case that Jesus suffered, so you don't have to. Jesus right, will do everything right, for right, you. You right. just lean back. But it's, we're invited into a participation, you know, that he gives us the dignity to be a part of his kingdom and to walk with him and to help right. even build the kingdom with him. And that's really where the refuge is, uh, you know, yeah, in, but, a, in you an know, insane but, world. And the reality is, is that, you know, suffering is a part of the human condition, but Jesus is going to bear that. So, by mm -hmm. being yoked, I mean, we're going to suffer no matter what. So that's that's not an option, right? And if we can be yoked to Christ, it, it helps us bear that suffering. The world is just going to cause us to suffer more, bring us down. Yeah. Well, I actually preached today at, at Mass this, this fundamental truth that we're not created for this world. I was talking about pilgrimage, and the pilgrimage ultimately is leading us to the heart of the Father, that John Paul would say. But we're not made for this world. The, the text was from Jeremiah, and he's saying, you know, everybody's against me. And it's like, if if we feel totally comfortable in this world, we're probably doing something wrong, you yeah. know, because we are, you know, this is where we live, of course, but it, we're not created for this. So there has to be some conflict or contradiction to, to what the world is offering. So to be yoked to the world is to just receive everything that the world has and Ultimately, it's going to lead us down. It's going to empty us. It's going to break us. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, it's going to leave yeah. us homeless. And in the uh, the first night, I I broke the idea of what the word refuge is. It's not a common word, especially for teenagers. Yeah. But the one word they usually are familiar with is the word refugee. Sure. sure. And um, and I would say for many young people, they feel like refugees. They feel like they don't have a home. They don't have a place. Not. I'm not talking about their family home. I'm talking about where can they put their identity. You know, is it going to be in sports? Is it going to be in my GPA? Is it going to be in my friend group? These things seem to work a little bit, but then they fall apart. And once again, they feel like a refugee roaming from one source of security to another. And obviously the invitation that Jesus gives is, come to me, all you who are labor and are burdened, and I will give yeah, you rest. Okay. I asked in the beginning, how many people feel like they labor and are burdened? And every single hand went up. Oh, and I good. said, well, you're in the right place because yeah, that's what good, the weekend good. is about. So praise God. It's a... It's a wonderful message to share. And if all of you listeners, just pray for our young people. Uh, you know, our numbers aren't as high as they were pre-COVID, but there's still a good 30-ish thousand strong uh, young people that our Steubenville conferences will reach over the summer. And just pray for them that they might hear this message, this invitation of Jesus, and really put their refuge in Jesus and in his church that he gives all of us. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's been interesting being here in in, in Scotland. Scotland. Um, so I've obviously I've been at places where, you know, there was a divide between Protestants and Catholics. You know, England, obviously Ireland. I mean, all, all Germany, all kinds of places. But I don't know for some reason, Bob. This time it's just, I don't know. It's 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 actually broke my heart. There's been a real, mm. a real sadness. I think some of it might have actually started in. Uh, one of the teachers that was in, in Assisi with me, uh, she's maybe 25, 26. She spent 11 months in a Protestant ministry where each month you're in a different country. And, and she was the only Catholic. And they went, there was actually surprised that a Catholic applied for it. And, and they said, you know, we can't guarantee that you can go to Mass, but we'll do everything we can. We would love to have you with us. Hmm. But, and, you know, for, 
for some Catholics, maybe that's not a big deal. For her, it was. You know, she goes, okay, well, I need to think about this because the Eucharist is really essential in my life. And she decided, well, she sensed that the Lord wanted her to do it. It was yeah. actually quite a beautiful story. She was in Africa and um, it was like a three hour walk to go to mass. And they had a policy in this ministry that you couldn't be alone for something like that. So for the entire month, three of her fellow um, missionaries walked with her, just stayed there. I mean, they were not Catholic, but they just stayed while she went to Mass, received the Eucharist, wow. then walked back. It was really beautiful. And But she began weeping about the brokenness of Jesus. I Actually, now as I think back, I'm sure this was the genesis of it. But just being in Scotland, and I mean, it's this group, I mean, truth be told, this group of Catholics killed these Protestants, and these Protestants killed these Catholics, and these people were heretics, and they got murdered, and these people were hung. Yeah. And it just, I mean, the vast majority of Churches in in Edinburgh were Catholic, and they're mostly not Catholic anymore. And um, it's just, it's really. And you've been to England, and you've yeah. looked. It's really broke my heart. Um, you know, I, I, I just, I think it just breaks Jesus's heart that that we who are a part of the body, we, I mean, there were days that we were literally, literally killing each other, and yeah. and now we we can't talk to each other, we judge each other. We dismiss each other. We look down on each other. It's just, I don't know. It's just really, it's really struck my heart this trip. And we actually just celebrated the feast of uh, St. John Fisher and St. Thomas More. Well, I was actually, uh, I was in Edinburgh that day and it was really, hmm. it was really moving to, to preach on that feast there, you know, in this land that, that was literally killing priests. I mean, it was yeah. really, yeah, it's really beautiful. Yeah, a lot of that tension when you see it is there, there's there's often also a very strong political foundation to it. You know, it's not just it's that yeah, they're arguing cool. over a theological point, right? I mean, when King Henry broke away from the church, yes, it was about divorce, but it was also a power grab. And as uh, England started to execute anybody who was Catholics, they would be taking over their land. You know, it was a land grab. It was a power grab in, in many of those things. We see that played out in Ireland. You know, I've shared before, I'm 100% Irish. And even though you talk about the conflicts between Protestants and Catholics in Ireland, it's not about transubstantiation. It's about governance. It's about the, you know, is it, are we part of the UK? What did the English do to the Irish? How are we fighting back, fighting for independence? But you would hope that in the midst of it, that the met, you know, everybody's here is claiming though to be Catholic, to be Protestant, to be disciples of Jesus, and they're kind of spiritualizing the fight as as a part of that as well. And I think you know that's just well, it is diabolical. I mean, the the, the yeah. root of the word, you know, the devil is just delighting to see that kind of conflict. And even though I'd say in our world today, particularly in the United States, you're not seeing. Uh, you know, Protestants and Catholics come to blow per se, physical blow over these things. I'd say in some way, in almost a worse sense, there's a general apathy. You know, yeah. we who have just grown up, and I grew up in an environment where uh, there's that weird Christian church, they have cute little sayings on their billboard, whatever. But we we grew up into a world where we're just used to be divided yeah. and I and sadly, I don't even think we have the imagination of what it might look like if we if we came together yeah and... it's, i mean that's that's absolutely true it's two things is i was having a conversation actually in edinburgh with a protestant while i was here and 
she was just saying like is there any hope and and in in many ways you're mm-hmm. right but ultimately i think it it often comes down to obedience is if 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 you walk away from the church and this is where i've really wrestled with you know i understand that people can disagree with the pope i understand that people can disagree with the bishops i remember one time somebody when i came back as president of the university i, I said well the bishop said this and their their response was who cares what the bishop said they're all they're all wacko liberals anyway it's like that's that's what began this is is yeah. that we separate ourselves from the church we separate ourselves from the authority because we want it our way and and we just can't do that and the other is so we're in i, I forgot to mention this and i can't believe i didn't mention this we were in saint andrews which is hmm. saint andrews is the british open the old course one of it's where golf started so it was it was a true pilgrimage <laughs> but St. Andrews, Andrews was the center of the Christian world in the in the Gaelic, you know, world in, in, the, in the time. And the church is in ruins, and there's a monument to the martyrs. And we all thought it was the Catholic martyrs. And we went, and it's it was the Protestant martyrs, right? It was it was all the Protestants that the Catholics had killed. And it just I just sat there, and it just it just broke my heart. And you know, we we've got as you mentioned the Catholic Protestant division, but Bob, I mean depending on the type of liturgy you like, I mean, people are dismissive against Catholics. I mean, it's just, yeah. and, and I, I shared with the group this morning, I said, it's diabolical. The evil one wants to divide, he wants to separate, and Jesus and the Spirit wants to bring together. And people will use the scripture, well, didn't Jesus come to, to divide? And that is a total misrepresentation yeah. of what Jesus is saying. He does not want to divide his body. And, it just, I don't know, it's just been something I've been praying about and thinking about. And and the thing is, is we often live in a world where we don't we don't actually engage with people who are different than us. And yeah. we need to do that. We just need to engage with people that are different with us sometimes. So I was talking my, this morning well, uh, at our youth conference. Um, the, our last talk is about the church being the refuge. And I was just trying to communicate to young people that uh, how community is really difficult. You know, like it is hard to be with others. We, when you live on social media, you can block, uh, you know, yeah. you can unfollow, you, can, you can cure, you can curate all the people that think like you, look like you, act like you, believe what you believe. And, but it's a fake community in that sense. You know, I mean, it's only as deep as your phone is really. And I was trying to acknowledge how important community is, but it is a challenge. I love, uh, one of my favorite quotes of St. Jose Maria Escriva is uh, somebody wrote to him and who was in a religious community and saying, these people are driving me crazy. I need to get out of here. Do you have any advice? And uh, Jose Maria wrote back, he said, so the people around you annoy you. He said, that is good. How else are you to be the diamond you are to become without being polished by the rough edges of others? Mm-hmm. And, and this idea that even sometimes people who annoy us are helping us, yeah. uh, you know, they, it's good that we get out of our selfishness. It's good that we have to wait for other people sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. that we have to learn to be patient, that we have to learn to deal with others because guess mm-hmm. what, folks? People have the same experience of us, you know, we're annoying them. And we always want everybody to treat us really well and be patient with us and be thoughtful and, and, you know, consider what's going on in our lives. 
but gosh, it's so easy to not be that way with others that we really are live in such a consumeristic society right, that we yeah. just judge everybody by their entertainment value in our lives. And, and just so, as you were saying that, this image I have was, you know, go to go back to the yoke, right? Hmm. So that we're yoked to Jesus. But as you were talking, the image I had was a yoke that had two sides on it. You know, and one side is me. On the other side of Jesus is that person that we don't like, you know, the person yeah. that we don't agree with it. That if we want to be in Jesus, um, it, it can't be just we pick and choose who we want to be in Jesus. But we want, right? honestly, if we're honest, we want everybody to be saved and come to the knowledge of Jesus. And and it's going to mean us to be able to love those people that think differently than we do and act differently and look different. All the things you just mentioned. So, yeah, it's yeah, different. It's been a it's been a great time for me for that. Amen. Yeah, our differences need not be divisive if we yeah. can really keep our eyes focused on what's important. You know, just yeah. this last week, as you know, Father Dave, um, Franciscan University just signed an agreement with Young Life. And we've talked about Young Life on the podcast before, that the Catholic leaders in Young Life can use can use their training as a part of our master's degree. And that actually shows a willingness on Young Life's part. They were the one that initiated this. They said, Hey, we'd like to be able to help our Catholic leaders get a really solid Catholic formation because that's what they're yearning for. And so within the body, there are those who are eager to come together, to overlook the differences, to stack hands on our common values and our common creed that we all pray together. And really answering the prayer that Jesus said, may we all be one. That's yeah, that's the desire you know, of God to be sure. I was just this afternoon. I was with a group in the Highlands of Scotland, and it's a Catholic group, and they want to do more for like kids, like we do with our youth conferences. And they actually, Young Life has a camp here, and mm. they went to Young Life, and Young Life says, "You can use our camp, and we're not going to charge you for it." They yeah, said, we would God. love to see Catholics being able to be witnessed and minister to more. So it's great. Yeah. But so, yeah. So yeah, let's pray then, Bob. That Lord would continue to bless us. All right. Yeah, just bless the end of my pilgrimage. But Lord, bring us, make us one. I mean, mm-hmm. before you went to the Father, the prayer of your heart, Jesus, was that we would be one. And we just pray against the evil one, the way that he divides us against our fellow brothers and sisters who are Catholic, our fellow brothers and sisters who are Christian, our fellow brothers and sisters are part of the human condition, the human race. Jesus, help us to love like you did. Thank you mm-hmm. for your call on our life. Allow us to see him in Bring the healing that you want to bring to your body. May the Lord bless us, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Bless you, you, Father Dave. You got it. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Thanks for your emails. Keep them coming. You know, as we only have 500 more baseball games uh, left in the next two weeks, uh, we'd love to hear questions. And we thank you, those of you that have sent some fun things that we might be able to talk about. You can email us at hope at franciscan.edu. That's hope at franciscan.edu. God bless. We're going to name this this podcast all baseball all the time. Bye, Bob. Ooh. <laughs> all hummus all the time. Hummus? I don't think you meant hummus. Well, what what did I mean? Haggis? Whatever. It's all gross. It's all gross.